shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drops a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, balls of fire. All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 238. I am your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. Uh, in this episode, we are talking about the uh, current blockbuster Top Gun Maverick, uh, starring Mr. Tom Cruise. And before we get to that, I want to remind you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Please try and leave a five-star rating or even a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 Drinks in Pod. You can like us on Facebook, and you can email us at 3 Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Lastly, don't forget to check out our merchandise store over at tpublic.com. All right. So you've finally seen Maverick, or Top Gun Maverick, whatever it's called. Finally. <laughs> well, this is like the thing, though. Everyone kind of like, oh, they're making another Top Gun. Yeah, I'll get to it. And then people start like, no, it's really good. You should go. And everyone said that loudly all the time. And then like bit by bit, the movie is just continuing to to make oh. a lot of money. And so. It's like, don't look at me. I'm three <laughs> or four movies ahead of you, pal. Well, that's true. <laughs> so. But this one I was on the ball with, so I. I felt Thanks. justified in in, in, in in nagging you about it. I was desperate to see it, obviously, <laughs> as I roll my eyes. I actually had one of those moments where, like, you've seen those Geico commercials where, like, the guy's trying to tell stop people from becoming their parents yeah. and do all those dumb things. And, like, I had that moment today where I got to the movies. And I was like, you know what? I never have popcorn. I'm having popcorn today. <laughs> and I was like, just give me a small popcorn. And the guy's like, well, this is only a dollar difference between this size and this size. And I was like, just give me the small one, man. Like, it's just me by myself <laughs> in the middle of the day. Seven dollars. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I finished it before the previews were over. <laughs> I was so mad. And then, like, I felt like those people in those commercials where the guy's like, now, look, it's going to be expensive. Let's just get over it. OK, like, there's no point in complaining. And I was like. I had to wait till I saw someone to complain about it. Seven dollars <laughs> for popcorn was ridiculous. I was like, "Oh man, that's a lot." You know, you know and it's not very good. It's good enough. It's, it's just something to do while you're sitting there. Like I'm just moving my body to just process the popcorn. It's just one of those hit or miss things. Like sometimes you get it, you're like, "Okay, this is good. This was made recently, and it's good. It's got some salt on it. It's fine." Um, but the inconsistency of movie theater popcorn, which is ironic to me when you consider the fact that that's where their money comes from like this has been true since the dawn of the cinema well yeah if you're gonna charge seven dollars obviously well, that's where the money's coming from you know what it costs to make popcorn it's like 17 <laughs> cents <Yeah>. per bushel <laughs> yeah for you know one of those giant sacks it just says corn on the side <laughs> But it's true, like they, you know, like they make so little money off the actual movies because they have to pay the studios so much just to show them, and that like the bulk of a, of any theater's um, income comes from the sale of, of concessions, um, and so like why would you make them so terrible? I don't. Wouldn't you want to advertise? Because they, they spend a tremendous amount of money 
building like IMAX theaters and Dolby theaters. Like I was, I was, I had a podcast on the other day where they, where they were talking about like how so many, so many movies now are really designed to be seen on very big screens with lots of high tech stuff. But like you're talking about every theater in the world undergoing a $3 million renovation just to put in the stuff to, to show an IMAX movie or a Dolby movie. There's, not like that. That doesn't even cover, like the new fancy seats, which means you get fewer people in your theater too. Like you're reducing your theater size at the same time. So like, why not advertise or, and make an effort on your food? Like that's why I, I freaking love the um, the Alamo Draft House because they do that. Their thing is like your entire experience here will be better, and it's because we have booze and we have better food. Yeah, the only thing is that they're slow. I mean, the food and the booze is great, but they are like, like I remember when we went to see Hobbs and Shaw, I was like, I need more beer than this to get through this movie. <laughs> and these guys are just too slow. Yeah. I mean, that, that, maybe like a bell or a buzzer or something. <laughs> that's a criticism, to, to be fair. Um, like that, but like, again, you, you, it's like one thing at a time. We, 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 we've improved the food dramatically. Uh, yeah. yeah like it's we'll, we'll we'll get to the customer service but they're always very nice though like they're not they're so they're somewhat understaffed which i think is a theme these days you know not so much during hobbs and shot i don't think there was any kind of a labor shortage but there is there certainly is now well yeah and i was surprised because i saw this at like noon and for a long time i mean up to the like a month ago they weren't showing anything before noon or yeah. even like three o'clock in the afternoon because there weren't enough people going to the theaters yeah hopefully this is a nice uh sign of things to come like finally go back to my 9 a.m films <laughs> yeah so, there were up so there like with, man uh, from uh, uncle at like 11 o'clock something with, with grandma and grandpa i remember yeah. this show yeah no it's uh although our still our our local theater is still only open like four days a week they do tuesdays and then they do um just the weekends, and that's it. So, um, did you have a Tom Cruise message before your screening? I did, and it is the first time that Tom Cruise didn't take his serum that allows him to look as he did in um, uh, uh, Risky Business. Like he looked. He's older. Aged. Yeah, he's he's up there. Yeah. You know. Good good for him. He's still kicking. Oh, no, he's amazing. And (laughs) couldn't handle nine G's of gravity. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, no. But like I don't know how old he's he's is he in his sixties? Oh yeah, he's like sixty three or something. I don't know. He's in his sixties, I know. He's definitely in his sixties. Uh he's still running across rooftops and breaking his legs and correction, he is only fifty (laughs) nine. Oh. And how many minutes? I mean, yeah, this is is uh, July third. It's coming up. July third. Cruise a happy birthday, but Good I mean, him. it looks amazing for fifty nine. I'm gonna look like the crypt keeper by the time I'm fifty nine. So I might yeah. not even get to fifty nine. <laughs> so like, yeah, like, he looks pretty good. But um. But yeah, he definitely looked like okay. This is much more laid back. Didn't do that thing where like in 
What was that, Mrs. Doubtfire, when they pull his uh, his skin back with the thing? Yeah. The Gloria Swanson. <laughs> that whole scene is phenomenal. It's got 5 o'clock at the channel at 8.30 a.m. You're concerned about strings? You're worried about strings? <laughs> uh, Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack. Um but yeah, no, yeah, no. I had that 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 message, and apparently they 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 made this a while ago. I've forgotten. Like I heard, oh, they're gonna make a new t- Top Gun. I'm like, okay, why? And um, then they made it. I guess in 2017, 18, and didn't come out until I I I knew this a while ago. But I, I, I yeah, it hasn't come out. I think the new Mission yeah. Impossible is the same way. Yeah, you know, certain, like yeah, just, certain things are because when you're when you're Tom Cruise and you say, I don't want my movie out until everyone can go see it in a giant theater and pay more money, you'll listen to him. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely like Christopher Nolan had that thing too, where he was like, no, we're not doing it on HBO. We're going to, and that was like middle of the pandemic. That was, you know, like right not at the beginning, but like, it was like the first summer 2020 and everyone's like, don't do it, Chris. And like Tom Cruise didn't even consider it. He was just like, we're just not doing it. Yeah. And because he was in no rush, he's like, I'm just sit on this. It doesn't really matter. I've got none of the films I have to make in the meantime. So, yeah. And this one, I think, benefits from being on a giant screen. So, yeah. So, what did you think of Top Gun Maverick? Uh, I liked it. It was much better than it had any right to be. <laughs> you know, I, it, I've never seen Top Gun. You've I'm never just, seen Top Gun? I've never seen Top Gun. So I was like debating if I should see it before I went to see this one. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. So <laughs> I just didn't watch it. And because um, everybody kept saying like this one is this is like the one that Top Gun wanted to be. Like this was like an actual film with characters and plots instead of just like 80s music montages and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I can see that. And it had its cheesy moments, you know, fine, whatever. But it was good in that it, you know, you know what's going on. They don't rely on having to know anything about the first one. So you can watch this one. And I'm sure I missed a lot of like callbacks and stuff like that. But you could still tell what was happening, what was important. Um, Of course, the action scenes are really well done. Uh, And Tom Cruise is great as always. So I was like, this is better than an afternoon movie on channel three you know like it's 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 a higher level than that it's not citizen kane but it didn't need to be so i was like yeah this is pretty good you know um i was just very surprised because even i was like i don't know how good this is gonna be <laughs> some people have terrible tastes i should stop listening to them so <laughs> i liked it what'd you think um i liked it too and i'm never hmm. going to watch it again you know, it's like that, that that line from The Simpsons. Like, you know, Simpson, when you go through something like this with somebody, you, 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 I forget what he what he says. Like when you, you never you never want to see that person again. Yeah, you never see that person ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. It was like, wow, that was great. And oh, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hasta luego. Like it's really so. Like I. I hadn't seen the re- the original until maybe five or so years ago, and which was funny because my wife 
um, dated a guy in high school and in college who I don't, he was too young to be affected by Top Gun, but Top Gun was one of his, I don't know, favorite movies, but he liked it a lot because he ended up becoming a pilot (laughs) and he went into the Naval Academy and um, he did not go to fighter school. He ended up uh, flying helicopters for the Navy and now he flies commercial airlines, uh, flies for a commercial commercial airline. Um, So... I think with him, she had seen Top Gun a few times. It's like, and that's sort of how people tend to feel about Top Gun. Either you love it and you'll watch it all the time, because it's like one of your like seminal movies, or you've never ever seen it or saw it like in like on on TV once years ago, and it didn't make an impression. But it's it's a very kind of binary film. Either made a massive impression on you, or it did not. And um, I sort of underestimate the number of people for whom it did make a massive, a, a massive impression because it is sort of a cultural thing. Like it was t- like a, one of Tom Cruise's first really big movies. It had a bunch of other people in it who went on, you know, who were either famous before the movie, like Tom Skerritt, or who got famous after the movie, like uh, the Doctor Green from ER, who Goose, Anthony Edwards, and. Um, you know, so it just it 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 kind of hits a lot of you know cultural and you know pop culture points for a lot of people, um, but it's terrible. It I mean, yeah, I don't know anybody who's like Top Gun's a great movie. It's great for them. Yeah, you know, like it's like yeah, there's a lot of movies like that. Sure, it's it's like the Goonies. Like you know, if you didn't get on the Goonies bandwagon when you were nine. You're not hopping on at 17. Like, it doesn't make any sense to you. It's totally a movie that you see at a certain age, and if that age is gone, you've missed it. Top Gun is like that, too. You know, it's young and sexy and 80s and, you know, sunglasses and, you know, loud noises and just very testosterone-filled because there's no plot to it, like, whatsoever. You know, there there are things that happen in it, and but, like, there's no, you know... But you're right. Like this is kind of what that movie wanted to be, in a lot of ways. And it's a sh- that was a Ridley Scott movie too. So like you kind of would have thought that you know there would be more to it. And that's so, why. And I I also just watched the um the 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 Val documentary on uh, Prime Video, and he, he actually says in that movie when talking about Top Gun. There wasn't a lot to the character of Iceman and the scripts. <laughs> so I'm like, character? And so he actually, who, by the way, he went to Juilliard. I didn't know that. He was the youngest person ever to be admitted to Juilliard. Um, but he actually invented a backstory for Iceman just so he had to have something to do. And I actually thought he was really good in that movie. you know. And incidentally, he's the top gun. Like, Isn't that what they were joking about? They were like, joking the about pilot? that in this one, yeah. That like, who's the better pilot? But at the end of the thing, it's Iceman who 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 wins. It's not Maverick. Win, so, wins what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he wins the title of Top Gun or the I don't oh, know I thought, Ace whatever. That, it, but there, there's I an actual. That was what the, there's a competition. I don't know. I thought yeah, that was what the school was called the Top well, Gun. They, right, like but also 
Yeah, that's like it's the something fighters, you know, uh, school. But like, yeah, it's called Top Gun. But then, like within that, there's a guy that has to. I don't forget what the parameters of the competition were, but there is a competition amongst the pilots, and you know, he is named. I don't know if, if he was called the Top Gun or whatever, but um, yeah, it's not Tom Cruise. So, um, but this, yeah, this was still a fairly flawed movie. But it was made, you know, it, it benefits from the nostalgia of the old movie in a weird way. Like, yeah, you forgive it because they're familiar characters. You like, you forgive sort of like failings in the script and, the, you know, in, in the performances because you, you know, we all love Tom Cruise because he's just such a, you know, it's a strange guy in real life. But a you know, very engaging presence on screen. But also, like, we kind of see that, like, oh, if they, you know, if Tom Cruise was the producer he was 30 years ago, that movie might have, you know, been better because he would have insisted upon this and upon that. And, you know, it's not just about the the stunts and the realism, which is his big thing, but it's also, like, he just makes good movies. Like, he doesn't make a bad movie. Like, I can't think of one where it's like, boy, that was a real stinker. No, like, he just makes sure that everyone who's working on the movie is doing his utmost best to make it the best thing possible. That includes the writers. And so, yeah, like, the, this movie had was better than than it had any any right to be because, what, 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 you know, what it, what it had a right to be was just a cheesy rehash of the other movie, which in a large part it was, like, you know, sort of, Beat for beat, it does, you know, resemble that a lot, but interspersed throughout that is an actual arc for the character to go through and, you know, real, you know, emotions to be sort of hashed out on the screen. And, um, like, the the old movie starts off, he's, like, you know, he's flying his planes off the aircraft carrier, does something stupid, and then the guy says, you know, the, the the gym teacher from Back to the Future says, all right, well, you're going to Top Gun. You know, your body's running, your ego's running, checks your body, can't cash. This is, it's like all in the same scene. And that's what happens here. He's doing something he isn't supposed to be doing. And then the guy comes in, well, you're going to Top Gun again. <laughs> it's like, okay. There's the, there, there's the beach volleyball scene in the first one. There's the football scene here. And, you know, like it's a lot of it's very similar. So, you know, but the thing is that none of that really matters. <laughs> like, and like all of it's all the nostalgia grabs are interesting. And, you know, there's a bit more plot, but it doesn't because, but, but like the. The fighting, the, the, the flying scenes are just so intense I was not prepared for that at all. And, like, I knew it was going to be, okay, it's going to be pretty intense. But there were moments I found myself watching this movie where the plot was never a surprise to me. Like, I knew, spoiler alert, nobody was going to die. Like, that was a big thing in the in the old movie, was that, like, and it's a thing that doesn't happen in these movies now today. Tom Cruise doesn't make movies where, where people die. You know, all the Mission Impossibles, like, you know, the fourth one and the third one, someone dies. But it's always, like, in the very beginning. It just gets the plot going. You know, but now, like, there's no 
characters in his movies that you're invested in who are then are no longer there. That's a, that, that, that's a very 80s thing to do because it's just good storytelling. So I knew that wasn't going to happen. I knew what all the beats were of the plot were going to be. There was never anything that was going to be mysterious about it. But yet I was riveted, and I was like, are they going to make it out? You have this thing in your head, you know, when you watch the main character who cannot die because the story won't let them do a thing that's so dangerous. And if that thing they're doing is filmed and, and, and executed properly, then you really just you suspend your, your disbelief entirely, and you're just, you're so like, how, like, is he going to get, of course he's going to get out of it, but like, in that moment there, you're just kind of pure adrenaline watching this, and you just don't, don't, it doesn't bother you that it's not. So, yeah, no, I thought that, 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 that made up for any failings that the movie had, and it had some, but, you know, it was, you know, those scenes were so good and so intense. And I saw it in that Dolby theater, so my seat was shaking with the bass the whole time. So. Oh, yeah, it was loud. <clears throat> yeah. Did you, did you see it? In an IMAX or just the the loud theater or just a regular theater? Yeah, just a regular theater. That's a shame. It's like I imagine in, in like a really solid IMAX, it's probably quite the experience. It's probably too much. Uh, sometimes I think those IMAX things are overcompensating. They don't have to be that way, you know, because the work, the camera work and everything was good enough. I was impressed with the camera work more than anything because in I was thinking planes. back. To, yeah, I was thinking back to. When we saw Ford versus Ferrari and you were watching them drive around and, um, and do car racing and like, it's not like this big circular track. They're on like this enormous loop, you know, stretch of wherever the hell they're, they're racing. So I can't see the beginning and the end of the track. I can only see the cars as they drive. And you, there's only so many shots of a guy shifting gears and putting his, you know, the pedal to the floor before you're like, oh my God, is this boring? Like a normal car race would be. So I was like, you know, watching that, I was, I was bored out of my skull. Whereas this was this one, even though you now have a Z axis and you can go up and down, it was easy to tell where the planes were in relation to one another. And where they were going towards and, and you know, so things like that. So, like, when they would zip around each other and spin around and suddenly break and turn and flip around, like, you could see that and, and feel how close they were to each other and how much stress they were under flying that way. So, even though I knew, like, no one was going to die and, and you know, the bullets, even though their, their planes would get hit by bullets and whatever, and it was comical that they were in white jets and the bad guys were in black jets, you know, like they were old cowboys or something like it was still exciting because I could really see where everyone was going and you get a good sense of the danger that they are in for that sort of thing, you know, and especially like the last run of the movie where they have to go through the trench and up and down the mountain and everything like they laid it out a bunch of times and then he does it for practice first like to show them that it can be done and then they go and do it. So you're like, I know exactly what it is they're trying to do yeah. here. I'm not confused. You know, the worst thing you can do in those scenes where you're trying to create tension when you know there won't be any in the back of your brain is to be confused and be like, I don't even know what's happening here. So I can't feel anything at all. But um, by the end of the movie, when they're like, you know, doing the actual run, I was like, this is good because I, I know what they're supposed to be doing like a heist movie almost. 
Mm. You know, they show you that through like a montage or they repeat what the plan is supposed to be. So when the plan doesn't go right or, or does, you, you know, you're there with them. You're feeling what they feel. Yeah. So. You notice without having to be told this isn't working out. Right. Yeah. And yeah, all they, that is communicated really well. Well, and also just very frequently, like they, they do that a tremendous amount. They do it when he shows up. They do it here. They do it like there's so much. Well, maybe that's dis- what has to be done. Because it's hard. Because it like they all speak in like the parlance, or it's like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I'm like, I'm glad they're showing me because I don't speak fighter pilot. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's all their <laughs> bunch of vocabulary. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it kind of got annoying after a while. I'm like, we we really hammered home how this is basically a suicide mission, a lot, and it kind of got annoying. But at the same time, you're right, and I, you actually be, beat me to it because that that really served a purpose. Ford versus Ferrari had that too. I actually really loved that movie. The more I watch, I actually that that that's one of my like movies I watch a lot when I'm bored because it's just it's not, not not low stakes, but it's just sort of like everything kind of works out in that movie, so it's kind of so you can passively enjoy it. But they they do the same thing, I think, in a more artful way in that movie. There's there's the scene where the the um, Christian Bale's son has the like the model of the track. And he's like showing him that like the the day before he leaves to get on the plane to go to France to, to actually you know drive the race, he shows him like you know in this little mock-up that the kid made, and then like it's a lot less complicated than the 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 fighter jet scene in, in this movie, but like it accomplishes the same goal. It gives you information about what has to be done, um, you know, and also communicating character information and giving you a heartfelt father-son moment there as well and kind of raises the stakes because like it's about you know him doing this for his family kind of a thing and um but yeah without that you don't know what's going on and it's just confusing because there's not a whole lot else to sort of like sink your teeth into you know like The the thing this movie didn't do, and I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but it's it, it it was not a pass the torch movie. It wasn't like he comes to Top Gun to teach a new you know th- you know a new ge- generation of a pilots how to do this, and then it's about him letting go and you know giving this you know thing to the you know to to the to, you know to to the new kid because he gets put right back in the driver's seat and like flies the mission anyway. So, like, the sort of, like, emotional connection thing that is supposed to exist with him and Goose's kid is kind of there. And it shows up at the end abruptly. But, you know, when when the tension is high, I don't know, you're, you're kind of not that that worried about Tom Cruise, you know. Like, I don't know. There's the thing about how, it, he, you know, the, it, it wasn't a pass-the-torch movie I was thinking about and sort of the, the emotional weight... Of the of the characters' relationships wasn't there because it's it's ultimately a pretty egotistical movie in that sense where it's just like you're here to train the kids ha- how to do this because they're kids and they're younger and more and more you know able to do this thing than you are because you're sixty years old. Um, but then he just does it and then has to go take them to go just do it. And you know, if there was an emotional thing going on there, like with Ken Miles and his son going over the track, 
you know, that wasn't present in this movie, even though they, even though they kind of wanted it to be with with you know with Rooster, and it, and it really kind of wasn't there. No, it's it's there. It's subtle. Mm. Thing is that the thing is that it's not a passing of the torch because the whole thing is that Tom Cruise's character of Maverick is exactly the same as he's always been. Yeah. And the other characters comment on that. Yeah. They're like, you're still a captain. It's been like 30 years. Like, why are you still doing the same thing that 22 year olds are doing? And he goes, that's the way I always where I belong. I've always done it that way. The problem is for him is that he carries everything, including the bad stuff with him. You know, so like when he has that nice scene with Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer's thing is that you need to let this go. You can't carry the death of a pilot who died 30 freaking years ago over your head forever. And he tells him, I don't know how to do that because he's not capable of moving on from anything. That's the problem. Okay, <laughs> so of course he's going to be flying the mission at the end. And of course he's going to take Miles Teller's character with him because that's the only time that he's able to get over the death of his old buddy. You know, like he doesn't learn how to physically do anything else. He's still at the end. He's still the pilot. You know, he's flying Jennifer Connelly around. But emotionally, now he's able to move on. Yeah. You know, like he's able to teach Miles Teller what to do. And they kind of come to an understanding as to why they made the bad decisions that they made in the past to one another. You know, so there's no passing of the torch because he's he's not capable of that. Yeah. You know, it's, that, it's just that it's so because right, it, it gets buried under a lot of the other 80s nonsense that's already in there <laughs> yeah and so like a lot of that stuff like you want there to be emotional things happening to these people while they're doing the missions and like it happens at the very end when he when he attempts to sacrifice himself for miles miles teller's character and like it, it very entertainingly doesn't work out that way where they both end up behind enemy lines and, and, and they have to get out Right. You know. Like that's his thing. Like that's the only way he knows how to move on. Well, then I should I should sacrifice myself. And the fact that he survives and then Miles Teller comes to save him kind of forces him to they you know, when they're standing in the woods, you know, like, why are you why did you come save me? Because Tom Cruise can't comprehend how he's supposed to behave in a situation like that. Mm. And it for it forces him to sort of realize what he has to do as a person on the inside. Yeah. And that's that's smart. That's smart storytelling there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just your brain isn't processing it because they're like you're you're in the situation where you're like, oh my god, they're behind enemy lines. They need a plane to get out of here. <laughs> what are they going to do? Walk? You know, yeah, they just happen to have an F fourteen Tomcat. Yeah, yeah. This old bucket. This museum of bolts here. <laughs> old age jokes. This <laughs> museum of bolts. <laughs> <laughs> he calls it something stupid like that. Oh God! I did a lot of uh, YouTubing of like you know fighter jets and this kind of that. And like the some of the things that they can do now in aviation is astonishing. Like the so the the there's two the the two big wig planes right now are the F twenty two Raptor, which is apparently so amazing that. The U.S. government has basically told Lockheed Martin, no, you can't sell that to anybody but us. And they're so expensive, it's just ridiculous. And then there's the F-35, which there are actually three different All right, F-35s. you don't have to tell me all that stuff. I don't care. But What is your point? 
<laughs> no, it was just that, that, that I learned all these things. And the coolest thing I learned was that, like, in the F-35, they give you, um, like, this fancy helmet that lets you see through the plane. That's cool. It's ridiculous. Like, it's like you're kind of fly, flying and there's nothing around you because the cameras outside the plane record all these images and they beam them to, like, the heads-up display inside your helmet. And so you look around the plane, and you don't necessarily see the plane. You know, you see the ground below you, and where like where this guy is and that guy is, and it's just and people gave James the... Bond crap about his invisible car. A <laughs> break, but it, it 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 was funny seeing the um the, the old the old F fourteen, mm. which is what they flew in, uh, in the in the first Top Gun. Yeah, which is what I kind of gathered that like. Like they keep harping on this one. I was like, I guess this is the one that like he used to fly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, symbolism. That, it was it was the first plane because so the the Russian MiG came first, and I was like, oh, oh, that's not good. And before that, I think it was like the F. I forget like the precursor to the to the F fourteen, but it it it, it could not dogfight a MiG. It just didn't have that kind of um, a maneuverability because it's got to do a lot of things at once. It has to be able to f- to 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 maneuver in you know abrupt and short ways, and then it also has to fly really fast in stealth mode. And so, you know, it's it's just so many things the plane has to do. And so, so the F fourteen was the first plane to really do that successfully. And so that's and it was significantly better than the MiG. At the same time, but uh, also better made because it wasn't it wasn't made in Russia, where yeah. things just fell out of the sky all the time. Um, but, um, I really did not enjoy the uh, the hard ass general characters. They didn't. They just didn't make any sense to me. I was like, no, this is they so didn't. dumb. Ed Harris and his leathery yeah. ass skin. You're you're a wild card maverick, like. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> he's clearly the best pilot you've ever seen. Yeah, just let him do his thing. Like, uh, what? Why do you have to be such a jerk? Yeah, it was just all this manufactured obstacles that really. Like, okay, fine. Like, like, and I don't know. I, I like John Ham. John Ham is not better than the material he's given. You know, I always think of John Ham because I. I read an interview with him once years ago where he was very much opposed to being in a Marvel movie. Yeah. He said, like, I'm never going to do a superhero film. I think they're dumb. I don't want to be locked down. You know, it's beneath me. I mean, he wasn't nice about it. And yet every time I see him, he's playing the exact same character. <laughs> you know, yeah. this uptight, stiff, kind of nasty. He's the, he's the madman guy in a different suit. So I saw him in this. I'm like... You know, what are you trying to prove here, pal? You're exactly the same as always. I mean, I think the best movie I've seen him in was Baby Driver because he played a little bit of a different character and then he goes insane at the end of it. Yeah. And that was a real stretch for him because that was not like, you know, he, and like the story of that guy was interesting. Like he, he was like kind of like a, like a straight laced banker with a cocaine habit and he ended up becoming a bank robber, <laughs> you know, like that's kind yeah. of interesting. And, um, but you're right. Like he does the same kind of thing. He just relies on his voice and his jaw to do right. that giant chin to do all the work. And I'm like, that's not enough. You need to do more than that. And 
you know, the character wasn't well written, but geez, Louise, it, you know, it's uh, yeah, it it he's it, it just kind of w- went to prove that he's not as good as as he as he'd like to think he is. Oh well, and you know what, it, like. I read, I think it was one of the articles I usually read online where someone who was in the military, I don't know if you saw it, was saying that Ed Harris's character is correct. You don't have to have these fighter pilots do these sorts of missions anymore because we have the technology to use drones. Yeah. They're cheaper, they're safer, they're usually more effective. You know, there's a lot less loss of life. And I, I'm, I know it's a movie, so I don't care whether or not the drone is better, you know, but in the 80s, that kind of character made sense. And then they got like sillier as they went, like, you're just a relic. What do you know? You know, and now we're at the point in our sophistication as a society where I've seen enough shows where it's like, I know you're a loose cannon and I don't want you to go out there and kick a puppy to prove a point, but you know, do what you have to do and we'll let you get away with it a little bit. You know, cop shows do this now. You know, like in the eighties, cop shows like lethal weapon, you know, you gotta rein that guy in, you know, and then as time went on, they were like, "You're okay, off your case, case, chief. You're off your case, chief." <laughs> it's like, all right, he closes cases, so let him do his thing. And everyone kind of like gives him space, like he's the wacky one, but he always knows what he's doing. You know. <laughs> so, so the better the pedigree these people have, it's like, why do you hate this person? You're grounded permanently. <laughs> why? <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> you should put him in every mission you have. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's a lot of silliness with that. What'd you think of the scene with uh with 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 Val Kilmer? I like that scene. I had good. absolutely no idea what had happened to Val Kilmer. He had throat cancer. He had throat he's, cancer. He's, he still does, I believe. Well, I don't know if he still does, but he definitely does not speak. Because I no. watched this documentary and it was difficult to watch because he basically he has two choices with everything he does: breathe or do anything else, talk, eat, whatever. And um, it's terrible. I mean, I, I, oh, and he says in the movie, like, it looks like I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm not, you know. Mm. But like, I, this is how I have to do this. I have to choose. And he would put, you know, put his hand over the thing on his throat. And it's just, I've always had a hard time with, with like eyes and throats. Like it's just a very, like, it's just like you know, they get squeamish about things. But um, but so yeah. When I when I saw him and I was like, oh my god, he looks so weird. Like he had his teeth all Val Kilmer, Val, Val Kilmered up, and his hair and the whole thing. I'm like, what is going on? And then like he was sp- speaking with the uh, with the computer. And then the he, when he actually spoke, that wasn't his voice. Yeah, that was just like they had CGI'd some kind of a thing. And uh, his son actually sounds a lot like him. His son narrates the documentary. Hmm. And, um, you know, if you were, he has like a softer version of his own voice. It's kind of creepy. Like you think about, about like sons like looking like their dads, but you don't think about them sounding like them. And not that he had a very distinctive voice, but um, it was you know, if, if if I didn't know better, I was like, oh, did they get a guy to just to like to like CGI his voice into this too or whatever? And, and just they just dub it, yeah, yeah. But um, it was a cute scene. It was you know, it, was, it definitely like 
they really gilded the 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 lily in the sense that like everything about his life is the exact opposite of Tom Cruise's life, you know. Well, that's the point. Yeah. And the, but no, um, but like they that they were very thorough with that. Like they 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 were clear with that, which was good. Well, yeah. Well, that's the they're trying to show you what Tom Cruise was capable of doing, but show but chooses not to. Like he's incapable. Like I mean, Val Kilmer's character is supposed to be like the commander of the entire fleet or something in that area. Like you know, highly decorated, yeah, highly respected. Commander, yeah. yeah, he could get him out of any situation. Like every time Tom Cruise screwed up, there was Val Kilmer to save him. You know. So when they sit down and talk to each other, it's Val Kilmer who's the one who tells him, you have to move on. You must move forward. And he's like, I don't know how. That's the whole thematic part of the movie. You know, so it was it was important to have that because everybody else was gone. So like all the other characters were like, I don't know why you're still here. You know, well, he doesn't know how to do anything else. It's it's a failing. It, yes, I agree. It's a problem. <laughs> so you know, and it's reflected with him and Jennifer Connelly. You know, I thought the the most interesting scene was when he sneaks out of her house, and the, her daughter comes home, and he jumps out the window, and he, of course he comes face to face with her. I mean, I knew she'd be down there watching him, mm. but then all she says to him is, "Don't break her heart again." Yeah, that was you know, because she knows that he's only capable of behaving one way. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was. Well yeah, the, 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 there was things like that interspersed throughout all the, the you know, the, the fighter pilot stuff that was like, this, it belongs in the movie, but it almost doesn't. Like, you almost think it like it's too good for the rest of it, because like, it's just such a subtle emotional journey for a character when really all we're, we're mostly interested in. And what overwhelms that stuff is all of the noise. And the jet engines and the whole thing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's fine. It reminds me of RoboCop in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That could be true. I didn't see RoboCop. But I'm just like, wait, what? Was Ro- because RoboCop is also like... The first one? S- the first one, yeah. Oh, okay. From the 80s. It's a, stupid, it's a stupid 80s action movie. And yet, the parts that are good and have like a commentary on corruption and you know corporate greed and everything are so good that you have to stop and go like is this movie better than i think it is and it is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so it's like you stay for the subtle social commentary but you were drawn in by the exploding testicles and bullets to the face you know like <laughs> same with this like i am here to watch these you know out of central casting fighter pilots you know get together and and have drinks at the bar you know, there's the cocky guy and there's the girl and the nerdy guy with the glasses. I'm like, oh, my God, these people are. Just, you know, I could see them in a lineup from a thousand yards away. Yeah, and the yet, girl, they're the in black a movie, guy, the nerd. Yeah, they're in a movie that's way better than they are. So so you just sort of shrug like, well, like, whatever. I don't have to think about these people all that much, you know, yeah. like. And the movie does it, too, when it has certain moments where. Like when Val Kilmer's character is supposed to have died, that's like a two minute montage of his funeral, the jets flying overhead, Tom Cruise crying at the thing, all that stuff. That doesn't have to be belabored. I can understand the concept of a funeral and a man being sad that his friend is gone. So we're skipping that part. Let's go. Come on, quick, (laughs) quick, quick. You know, like it's doing more work in certain parts of the movie and then others where it's like we can just sort of glide through this part. 
which is fine because it's very basic kind of stuff. You know, I still thought the movie felt a little long, but it could have been a lot longer. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I remember when I was leaving to go see it, my wife was like, how, how long is the movie? Oh, yeah, she was like, how long is it? I don't know, about 210. She's like, oh, geez. I go, oh, geez. <laughs> Yeah, I it's think, the shortest movie I've seen in five years. I, I think Top Gun is like an hour and 40. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, it's barely a, a movie. It's a cool 95 is yeah. what it is. I was like yeah. looking this one up in the theater. I'm like two hours and 10 minutes. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Do you uh, do you think the movie benefits from um, low expectations? like, Or is it? Or no, it's just it's good and people like the first one a lot. At least they have fond memories of being thirteen and watching it. Or I don't think so because it's not like um, certain movies where you know they were bad and so you you don't really care. You know, it, uh, I don't know. You know, uh, skip me. Go to the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> Go, come back to me. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt that like. People were just going, you know, that was pretty good. Like, it, and, and 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 word of mouth. Like, I think that's one of the things. And I'm not a psychologist or a, or a sociologist, but like that, the the movies that have legs, that you know, begin slow or at least begin, you know, and then whether slow or not, and then continue. You know, it's. It, it's the fact that nobody was going to go see it because they were like, eh, I don't like, you know, I think what, the, the biggest one I, that I heard of it was um, the stupid Hugh Jackman movie with the singing, the greatest showman. <laughs> singing, you know. Right. And like that movie, Circus like, freaks. built an audience over like six months and made a yeah. tremendous amount of money because it just like, people were surprising. Like, yeah, I mean, it had a very positive message. All the songs were high energy and upbeat and easy to sing, and so you could do all the things you could do with it. So, like, it was an accessible film from a singing standpoint. Like, they had sing along, you know, viewing. That pink so you, song was all over the radio. Yeah, and so, but like, you know, it just kind of went like, you know, that was pretty good, and I heard it was really good, and da, da, da. and like then it keeps going. This worked the same way, where where people who were gonna see it because they just loved the first one or liked Tom Cruise, um, or like fighter pilots. I don't know. They went and you know gave him a, you know you know I think his first hundred million dollar opening weekend, which is surprising for Tom Cruise, you know, considering how long he's been in the business, um. But uh, then it just it, it it kept going. It didn't drop the way that they usually do. Like, you know, Doctor Strange is, is going to make a billion dollars, but like everyone saw it that first weekend, and then a few more after that would, um, you know, would go. But that's pretty much the end of that. Yeah, I I think it has two things going for it, which is one, it's Tom Cruise, and he's developed a reputation in the last few years as the guy who will do ridiculous stunts. And so they really hyped up the fact that this is Top Gun and there are airplanes and he's going to be flying the airplane himself because we can't stop him anymore. <laughs> you know, like we have to tie him down if you don't want him to do anything. And um, so people, people want to see like what crazy stunt is he going to do now? You know? And the other thing oh, yeah. is that 
it's a good movie for guys who like watching World War II, sh- you know, shows and things like that. I like reading books about artillery. You know? <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. It's just that it's a really masculine movie. And you don't see those kinds of things anymore. You know, where here's a guy who's basically the best, shouldn't be by all rights, but he is. You know, he's he's the alpha male. They all look up to him. He can still do everything he always did. He gets the girl easily. You know, he can have a relationship with like this son-like character, but they don't have to cry and talk about their feelings. They have an understanding at the end of the film. Like they look at each other and they kind of nod and they go, okay, you know, it's traditionally masculine kind of behavior, which is frowned upon a lot of the time. Even Marvel characters don't always really do that. So when you're watching it and you're watching fighter jets and a guy's acting tough and stuff like that, you know, and there's a female fighter pilot character, but they rarely make jokes about her being tougher than the guys. Like she's just part of the group, you know? Yeah. It's it's not, it's not a, a who's better. Who's not like, this is the elite. I think there's a certain group of people who like watching that stuff and good on them. Yeah, you don't see it as often anymore. Yeah, but I think also p- p- people really didn't expect it to be any good, and they were like, you know what, this is better than the first one, which is not a tall order, but you could screw it up. No, yeah, yeah. well that helps, uh, you know, it, especially because people. I mean, I've been going to movies for a while now, but people are like, is it worth going out during a pandemic? You know, I don't want to watch another Marvel movie that's just going to be on Disney Plus in another couple of months anyway. And everyone said, go see this. It really benefits from being seen on a giant screen. And you don't have to have seen the first one. There probably won't be any more. You know, it's a good time out. You know, your dad might like it, that kind of thing. So it does not have any rewatchability, though. Like, I don't see myself looking back and going, let's just, you know, say another gander at Top Gun Maverick. Like, no, it's, it's. It depends how much you like fighter pilots. Yeah, I, would, I, I will never I will never watch Ford versus Ferrari again, but you will because you like yeah, cars. I do like cars. Well, I don't yeah. like cars. <laughs> but if you like the military and you like you like, you know, jets and dogfighting, why not watch it again? I get I mean like Ford versus Ferrari does not benefit from a big screen. This movie really does. Yeah. Like super de duper does. But I mean I'm talking in terms of like rewatchability. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I just I guess people would, but I guess I wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> Sickos. <laughs> Sickies, you know. <laughs> no, that's everybody's different. Yeah. So but it's good. go see it. Yeah, yeah. Go see it. It was good. Here's the thing I didn't hate. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I think the only reason that it kinda of, kinda of got knocked out of the top slot was um Jurassic World came out and then like that like commanded apparently like all the theaters and so like that's the number one movie in America now. I'm like, oh my god, it's supposed I, to be so terrible. I, I can't go see that. The other two were just awful. You saw the other two? Of course I did. Okay, so I went to see we were gonna go see something else when the first Jurassic World came out, and it was out on Thursday night. It was a Thursday. I'm like, oh wow, it's out early. It's supposed to come out tomorrow or whatever they do. But we'd been drinking. So it was like, <laughs> do you want to go see this Jurassic World? And I was like, yeah, dinosaurs. <laughs> so I sat down. I'm three drinks in at least. 
And I just wanted to tear out my hair. And I'm like looking around the theater, like, what's wrong with you people? This is trash. You know, like yelling at the screen. It was awful. I couldn't, I couldn't get over how horrible it was. And then, you know, when I saw it again sober, I was like, no, I was right. This is a bad movie. And then I only saw the second one because I'm an idiot. You know, like it wasn't any better. And I was like, wow, we have really fallen far because I could watch that first Jurassic Park another billion times i've seen it yeah. so much because it's perfect it's a great it's, movie it's per, yeah it's pretty much perfectly it's there's nothing but I, I, you know i don't have the time to watch really bad jurassic park movies anymore i used to but now i don't no how long was that first jurassic park movie it was two hours an hour 50 something like that it's short yeah i want to say that they they've made it. Let's see if I can find the runtime here. But like, it seems that like, like all these movies are really getting just way way too long. And 127 minutes. Okay, so yeah, it was it was it was two hours. Yeah, it's two like, hours. You know, like I I was pleased that this movie didn't run any longer than it did. It, it, there were times that it felt longer. Yeah, but. That might have just been that, like you were juxtaposing really intense flying scenes with like a quiet scene with Jennifer Connelly in her underwear. Like it just, you know, that's gonna make a film drag just to have to stop all that and do something else. Um, but I was really glad it wasn't like two and a half to two forty-five. Like that new Batman movie, I feel like I'm still sitting there. You know, like it's just it was yeah, so that Batman movie long. was very long. And like, talk about not needing to be two hours and almost three hours long. Like, it just so good for them for not like <laughs> not beating a dead horse. So yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys out there have any thoughts about Top Gun Maverick that you want to share with us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Three Drinks in Pod on both. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at Gmail dot com. Don't forget to check out our merchandise over at Tee Public, um, and uh, please leave ratings and reviews on whatever streaming service that you happen to be using. That's it. That's it. All right. As always, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye bye. Bye.